words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. That was the temple that Solomon built for God. That was the temple he built in its glory and in its majesty. He lined everywhere with gold. He used juniper and cedar wood. And apparently those two woods are very expensive because they are water resistant, they are rot resistant, the aroma, the aesthetics, how it looks. He was intentional and deliberate about the build. Every single thing had an instruction. There was precision. There was elegance. There was, there was, ex, ex, what's the word? Extra, OTT. Extravagant, thank you, extravagance. OTT, right? Over the top. Because he wanted to show God, like, I've got you a house. A house that your glory can come in and take residence. He built it with excellence. He had money. He had authority, he had influence. He built was beautiful and majestic. Gold upon gold upon gold upon gold. But you know what? This message is not about that temple of Solomon. Because what happened? King Nebuchadnezzar came and destroyed that entire temple. Completely destroyed it. The ones they could not steal damaged just like what happened during the riots did any of you visit any of the places that were attacked it was heartbreaking things that could not be stolen were broken that's exactly what they did they plundered this majesty this is a 3d representation of the temple they plundered the entire temple who has ever built anything and at the point when you're standing back to admire it and saying, ah, see the works of my hand, something tears it apart. Who has? Not necessarily a physical building. Oh, surely there must be people here. It might even be a relationship that you've invested your life, your soul, your heart, your love, everything into it. And something just happens. Boom. And six months later, the person is married to another person and your heart is shattered to a thousand pieces. It might actually be a physical building. Fire comes and it's gone. It might be a job. You've risen to the height of that job at the point when you're supposed to get the recognition and the accolades that you deserve. Either the company will fall apart or somebody would accuse you of fraud and you lose your job. It might even be, I don't know, anything. So if that temple can be destroyed, the temple that hosted the Ark of the Covenant, shouldn't we stop for a second and ask, what exactly are we building and to what purpose? And if this temple that I'm building were to be torn apart, what do I do? And so this morning, I want to share about the posture of a builder because on the journey of building, many travails will come to us. But what do we do as people who are on assignment? Now, the first thing we have to realize is that anything that we are building, if we are building for ourselves, our glory, our honor, our wealth, our own recognition, then our thinking is too small. Our thinking is small. 
So when we're talking about things like big, hairy, audacious goals for the glory of who? For the glory of ourselves? Or that the name of the Lord will be exalted above everything? Or we are building something that is purpose, that is bigger than us, bigger than our family, even bigger than our community. We're thinking of, we are building things that would have far-reaching impact for people outside of our immediate environment. So it's not me, myself, and my family. We are okay. That's it. And so, after this temple had been destroyed... see there's a desire inside every person to create something i don't know anybody even the laziest of people who don't have an innate desire or ability to create and you know why because each and every one of us was made in the image and the likeness of god so what is the image of god represents his glory what's the likeness of him what is god like what does god do god creates in the beginning, he said, let there be, and there was. Let there be light, and there was light. Let there be water, and there was water. Let there be food, there was food. Let there be trees, let there be animals. Let there be man, and there was man. So that creation nature of God is seated inside each and every one of us. But the question this morning is, since we know that we have the ability to create, are we going to create something that gives God glory? Or are we going to create something that gives us glory, gives us the recognition of man and does nothing for the kingdom. And I know this is a very difficult thing because many of us, people would say, is it not who has chopped belefun that is worrying about another person? But you know something, you can never chop belefun. The systems of the world are configured to keep you hungering, hungering, you get into one level. Suddenly, what you attained is not enough. You go into another level, it's not enough. Somebody's office will be bigger than your own. Somebody's car will be bigger than your own. You think your house is very nice. Somebody invites you for a barbecue. You're like, yeah, my life. I've not started. <laughs> and so you come to the place where you realize that you will never be what? It is only Jesus that feels you will never, if you like, think that you're fine in this Lagos, you cannot walk five steps. You'll see a girl that is finer than you. <laughs> I'm glad it's the women agree. You, you will see a girl that is finer than you. Anything that you have ascribed to yourself as that thing that makes you genge, I promise you, 10 minutes, you will see somebody that has that thing eh, in excess measures of you. And so if you're not careful, you get into this rat race and this trap of always trying to attain, 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 attain. I've been in that trap before. Where it's like, what's that? I can do it. Nothing they happen. Bring it on. Let's go. But when I get to that place where you should now see me celebrating this new level, this new thing that I've built, guess what? Anticlimax. As though someone poured water on me. As though someone took a needle and just boom, pricked the balloon and boom, it will burst. So after a while, I said, ah, what's the problem here? I don't understand. Why am I not feeling this elation, this joy that I should feel? 
Sometimes I'll say, well, it was long overdue anyways, that's why. Then I'll say, but that's not it. I know how much you wanted this. I know how much you've coveted this. I know how much of how hard you've worked for this. Why are you not feeling this? Until one day I just realized, you know what? I've been building rubbish. I've been building rubbish. I've been building what from the outside looks like what I should be building. But inside, my motives were not aligned to the will and the purpose of God for my life. And so I was measuring my success with the metrics of man. And the metrics of man will never be tilted in your favor. There will always be somebody that will say, you are a woman, you can't do this. There will be someone that will say, you are black, you can't do this. There's someone that will say, you don't have the right accent, you can't do this. You don't come from the right family. Perhaps it would have been you, but you don't come from the right family. The metrics of the world will never be configured in your favor. And so I want to talk about the right posture for building. Because we are still going to build. But this time around, we are building with intentionality. We are building with an innate desire that everything that we are building is to the glory of God. That everything that we are building is to the glory of God. And so, in comes Zerubbabel. In comes Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the son of Sheltiel, right? He was... Um, who was the son of Joachim. Now Joachim, when, when the Babylonian kings, the king of Nebuchadnezzar, did all that destruction, they took away the best of the land. Who remembers? They took the best of the land away, the strongest and the richest. They left the poor to stay in a city that had been become desolate and raped and destroyed and left them to walk in the farms and the vineyard and then they took the best of the best of the land away. That's, that was when Daniel and his friends were taken away. But King Joachim was one of the first set of people that were released from exile. And so I would imagine that he may have come into some kind of favor with the kings. So he sat around them. He heard about their war strategies. He knew about the glory of the kingdom. He knew all the things that had happened. And these stories had passed from him to his son, Sheltel, and then now to his grandchild, Zerubbabel. And so in comes Zerubbabel. And then God gives Zerubbabel an instruction to go back and rebuild these dismantled temples, these projects that we have been building that have nothing to do with God. And so Zerubbabel goes in to go and build. And so our, our scripture is from Ezra. From Ezra. So Ezra, I think it's Ezra 3. Now one of the first things that God will tell you to do when he's called you to a place of building right, where you've come to the place where you realize that all the things you have been building were not in alignment to what he asked you to do. In Isaiah 43, 19, he says, forget the former things. Forget the former things. Behold, I do a new thing. So how can you tell me to forget that temple we just saw? Did you guys see that temple with me? Did you see the gold? Did you see the elegance? Did you see the expanse of land? Now he's saying, forget the former things. 
So there's a forgetting that is required when you are now building a new thing. Because your memory can keep you in a place where you are looking at your past accolades, your past achievements. In 2005, I used to drive a Range Rover. Now see me, all I have is a Kia Picanto. So, back in the days, I used to fly business class. Now I can barely even afford a ticket. So, I used to live in this amazing house. My business went kaput and now I'm just managing in one small flat. So, and please note, I'm not talking about, I'm not saying that you should... I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that it's okay for you to. But maybe God is taking you on a new journey where he's taking away your eyes from the things that are carnal. Say for the things that we can see are temporal, but the things that we can't are what? Eternal. Eternal. So God is saying, if you're going to build right, I'm telling you to forget the former things. Forget the things that used to, you do this and you get results. Because I'm taking you on a new journey. A new journey where you're going to be completely dependent on me. What I tell you to do, how to do it, who to do it with, when to do it with. You're no longer moving to the timetable of the world, but you're moving in accordance to the instruction of God. And so God is saying, forget the former things. Because your memory can become a hindrance to the new work that he's about to do. When you keep like... He told them, leave, leave, leave. I'm about to destroy this city. And what did Lot's wife do? Why did she look back? Was it a, just a physical reflex action? No. Her body responded to her mind that was like, yay. See what we are leaving behind. That fine house. I was the leader of the women's society there. I am known and respected. Her body was just the last act of what? Disobedience. Her body moving to that's why she turned to a pillar of salt because someone can say, Ah, so someone cannot just even turn like this when they are looking, when they are walking. <laughs> no, you can't. Her body was just the last act of the disobedience. The disobedience had already happened in her heart, so all her body did was just respond to it. And so, when God is taking you to that new place that you're building, that new way that you're supposed to build, He's telling you, Forget the former things. Forget the results that you got in the past. Forget who you are. Forget it all. I went from working in a place where I was very well paid. I was earning six figures in USD. Like money was not an issue. Like, and anyhow, whether he's abroad or here, in six figures in USD, all right. Who, who agrees? Very all right. I could afford anything I wanted without even looking at my bank balance. How now? When they even pay salary, they've not paid. It needs to bother me. I had overflow. I'm not joking. Excess. They'll say, someone will say, ah, today is 29. They've not paid. I was like, eh. They'll be like, ah, you don't know they've not paid. <laughs> like, I don't used to check my bank balance. Until now, until now, I don't have money and I don't check my bank balance. <laughs> Seriously, I went from that to earning nothing. Zero. When I mean zero, I mean zero. January to, to many, many months. Nothing hitting the account. Nothing. Because again, a temple that had been built was done what? Pulled down by human hands. And that was that same season 
where I did not, I barely stepped into a Sunday service. Barely. So, this was me one and a half years building what I don't know who, who sent me. Eh? Money, like this, is a spirit. It goes like this, oh, like this. It's not something tangible. <laughs> it's not. If they say you are worth one billion dollars, can you, if you eat yourself, if you see one billion dollars in this room, you won't stand. They say it's your money, you won't understand. It's not tangible. It's not tangible, it's an intangible thing. So that period where I relegated God to the back, backyard, 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 and, and I, my excuse was I was building something. I'm building. Human hands just did what? Boom. So then you now ask yourself, ah, what was all that now? What was the point of all that stuff I had? If I tell you how many times this has happened to me, oh, you would not believe your eyes. The very first one, I remember, oil and gas project, within the first 18 months, we had hit $2 million in revenue. I was supposed to be a partner in this company. We just had not done the paperwork. That's teaching for another day. Because as business people, or as children of God, please, we have to be very wise. She scripture says that the children of the world are wiser than the children of God. That's teaching for another day when we have a business ne network. We'll talk about that. So I don't do the paperwork. I'm supposed to be a partner in this company. In the space of 18 months, we had hit $2 million in revenue. I'm talking where I was the sole signature to this account. So it's not that it's maybe I was working in a company where they were making money. No, I'm talking about this $2 million I was directly responsible for generating this money effortlessly without even breaking a sweat. And then again, what happened? One day, boom, that rig, fire, fire. Just the same way the temple was destroyed. This, is, this was 18 months of toil. When I say toil, eh? Oh, you guys don't want to know the stories. I don't want to get distracted with the stories. Again, just the same thing. Pulled down by human hands. And so you're asking yourself again, what was this now? Who was all that stuff I hate for? Okay, this thing that I just built now, how did it benefit the kingdom? How, what, tell me one time it benefited the kingdom of God. Tell me one person's life that it transformed. Tell me one impact that is made. Tell me one person that can say that I am more certain of who I am in God because of this thing that you've built. Tell me. All it was was money. The money wasn't even that good last last at the end of the day. Because when you put it in proportion to how much of yourself, your life that you're giving to build this, the money pales in significance. Who has ever done a job? They pay you money and you'll be like, the money seems good though on paper. I, must, I can't be the only one who has experienced these things. You will just be like, what was all that about? Do you know why that happens to you? Because there's a staring inside of your heart to do the will of the Father. Whether or not you like it, it is a hard call. It is a hard call, but it is the truth. And that is why we run from pillar to post, looking for, if only I get this, I'll be okay. You will get that, you will still not be okay. You say, if only I marry, I'll be okay. You will marry, wahala. your wife will be giving you wahala. You'll be like, hey, I was better single. Okay, if only I have a child, the child will come. You are, it never ends. The pursuit of the world, the pursuit of worldly things, it never ends. It never ends. And so he says, forget the former things. Forget who you are. Forget who you were. 
forget it because behold means look with your eye of revelation behold looks open your eyes and see what i'm about to do behold is see the glory i've set before you i will build a new thing he says i will do a new thing he did not say i will do a richer thing he did not say i will do a grander thing he said i will do a new thing but guess what because the very nature of god is good eventually that new thing will be better that new thing will be better you see behold the place of revelation eh, is beyond every christian we ought to covet it eh? covet it like i don't know what is the most precious thing diamond revelation 2002 i was doing an msc in information systems and i was so i knew i was never going to be a back-end developer or code coding or all of that you know just did enough to pass java at the time java was the in thing now it's what what's the new language now i didn't even know say python uh-huh. at the time it was java i just did enough to pass and move on so i'm a bit of a techie somewhat people just don't know that <laughs> i wanted to stay in the front end of technology i wanted to be the one that was driving front end front end in every sense of the word front end of technology and i remember my thesis you know then eh, i was a young christian so guys pardon me i was a young christian and i remember now i know it was a prophetic insight i remember being so intrigued by the whole workings of amazon this was 2002 i remember being so intrigued by it i was like ah who thought of this thing this thing makes sense maybe because I, I like books. So, at, you know, the early days, everybody used to think that Amazon was just a bookshop. You know that? Uh-huh. So, those back, back in, the, at least at that time. So, because maybe because I like books, for me, it was like, I was like a kid in a candy store. I said, who thought of this thing? So, when they told me to pick a, a topic for thesis, guess what I picked? The rise of e-commerce for global domination. <laughs> 2002. 2002 is now that we're trying to catch up 2002 was that no i wrote a thesis on the rise of e-commerce 2002 at the time the share price of amazon was 16 dollars today the share price of amazon is what over three thousand dollars and so you see here this prophetic word can actually help you make money <laughs> prophetic word is set your eyes before God and God will download spiritual strategies for the earth to you can actually make you money but no all we want is for someone to tell us somebody in your family that sickness you had I see in the spirit somebody in your family is doing it you need to be very careful in this next season what you're building don't tell anybody be silent that's the kind of messages that we now secretly will go and receive or you just tell us I see wealth mm, that's all I see wealth okay good but how have we gone to ask God how because if God is saying I see wealth I'm going to make you wealthy he wants to use you as a, as a way to pass resources to the earth instead you're thinking already the car has not the money has not even come you're already planning the red leather interior G-Wagon you're going to buy 
You're already planning the red. Many people have spent money that they have not even made. Money that was still an idea in their head, they've spent it. Hmm. This is distracting me from, my, from what I'm trying to teach today. <laughs> Behold, I'll do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the, the things of the old. So the first posture of a builder is loss of memory. I want you to write it down. The first posture of a builder, if you must build anything in this season that glorifies God, if you must build anything that extends beyond you, if you must build anything that has impact to your community, to the society at large, the first thing you will do is loss of memory. So you forget your past, forget the money you made in the past, forget the systems and the methods and the strategies that you use because in this new season, it will not work. It will not work. It won't work. And you will be frustrated if you decide that you're going to stay on it. Because you're working in your flesh and your carnality. You're asking God in this new season, how? 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 How am I going to do it? There was something Pastor Idi said to me. There was a day I was in a meeting and I, was, I had this I sort of voiced a concern about the ability to do many things and not appearing to maybe land, land well in one. And when Pastor Heidi left the meeting, she called me. Or did she leave me a voice note? I think she left me a voice note. She said to me, the Spirit of the Lord said to tell you. She was very clear. She said, she took me back to Habakkuk and she said, write your vision on a tablet and make it plain for all to see so that a herald may run with it. She said, you dream, you have the ideas, you have the vision. And when the time is right, or if God has sent you on that assignment, he will send the herald to you. And that's exactly what has happened. I'll give you an example. 24 hours ago, right, for 24, 25 hours, we ran a room on Clubhouse and we talk, picked 12 topics that impact women. Now, this is strange because if you know me well, I don't really do women things. I'm not a member of any women group. None. You're, you're shocked. Think about it. It's not, it's not a women's group. It's just a prayer group. Yeah. I'm not a member of any women's group. I don't know if it's just deliberate or somehow. I'm like, I beg, I know her power. I don't. But just like Pastor Moses said, for some reason this year, I just started saying, I mean, there's a lot of injustice against women, shall I? I started thinking about child marriages. I started thinking about femi- um, um, genital mutilation of women. I started thinking about honor killing. I started thinking about rape and sexual abuse. I remember one time I put something out and a lot of people sent me offline messages that they had been raped by people close to them. One person said, well, I followed my friend to her house. Her brother raped me. As in, I was like, and I was like, oh, I can't deal with all of this. I said, God, please just help them heal. And I can't deal with this. Let's just move on. But for some reason this year, I had the staring in my heart. I was like, hi. No wonder the women are fighting for, for a voice, for empowerment. And so I said, you know what? I post the girl that I just met two weeks ago. I don't even know her. Phys- if she comes in here physically, I won't know her. And I said, you know what? I get a sense in my spirit that God, you know, we should run a 24-hour room where we're talking about everything that has to do with women. We curate the topics very intelligently and find other people to anchor the rooms to two people and let's run it for 24 hours. That room will not shut down. So it will be like a clinic and people will come in and out throughout the day. And she said to me, do you know what? I think that's a fantastic idea. Let's do it. And so for 25 hours, 
For 25 hours, people were talking. People were crying. People were healing. People were affirming. People were giving, getting solutions. People, mindsets were being changed. And I just sat there and I just remembered what Pastor ID said to me. I said, I'm telling you, this is so true. Hey, Pastor Heidi. <laughs> this man, she's a woman of God. This is one of many. <laughs> I just remembered it. And so that's the thing about a revelation. When God gives you a revelation, an instruction for the next assignment. Like how, when I told them, I've never done any celebration of women's things. They were like, uh-uh. And then you ran a room of 25 hours. I was like, go big or go home, man. <laughs> but only because there was a prophetic word. And so everything aligned to make that thing happen. So you have to forget the things of the past. You cannot say, okay, but one time I even tried to do one small thing with a few women. It did not succeed. Because if I said that, I will not do. I promise you. Because I had this thing where I feel like I connect better with guys. Because I've always worked in a male-dominated environment. I, I don't, I get, like if I'm talking to a man, she starts crying. It's not as if I'm not feeling sorry, eh? But my brain kicks into solution. And apparently women don't like it. Apparently. Is it a lie? Uh -huh. Thank you for being honest. Apparently, women don't like it. So it's my empathy that is making me look for solution. But apparently, it's never, it's no, it's it's always like, oh, come and tell me sorry first, rub my head, tell, you know, pamper me. But if I'm doing that, it's distracting me from the solution. So because of it, I'm like, <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't know if it's a shortcoming. The Lord will help me. Amen. But I genuinely love you, which is why I'm looking for solution. And so you have to forget who you are. Because if I'd set my eyes looking at that thing, I will not do it. I want to be talking words for 25 hours with 23 women, of which I only knew about six of them. Why? I don't understand how. I have things to do. I, beg. I don't have time for that. So memory is the first thing that you forget when you are building a new thing. You forget all the things of the past, the way you've done it before. You say, I used to do it like this and it used to work. In this new season, the Lord is saying to you, it may not work. I need you to come back to me and ask me. The second thing that you need to do in the next season, there's a quietness and silence of building. There's a quietness and silence in building. Now, there's a difference between quiet, silence, and stillness, stillness, and don't tell people because they're going to steal your idea, or don't tell people because village people will do something. There's a difference. If God asks you to build, no gates of hell can prevail against it. Hear me. If the Lord asks you to build, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. And so let's just come out of that place where we are worried about village people. If you tell somebody to see your idea. Do you know how many people God gave that idea to? You think it's only you? God is going to just back up the person that runs first. The person that obeys and runs with it. So there's no idea on this earth that is novel. None. Everything you see is a tweak of an existing idea. So stop worrying about that. Oh. Stop it. Someone was trying to tell me about something. She was trying to say, oh, you can't tell anybody. I'm like, do you know how many ideas I've not even done? Do you have time talking about your own idea? Like, please, back up. They go, I beg. <laughs> do you understand? What I'm talking about is a silence that is required that you can hear what God is asking you to do and how you're going to do it. And so when Ezra 
when when what's his name um Zerubbabel was building in, in, in fact you know what let's even go back to that Solomon when that temple was being built there's a place in in that scripture that says that in the building of the temple all the blocks that were used were done off-site no hammer no chisel any other iron tool was had at the temple site when it was being built and so if you had come into that temple as it was being built you will not have had him everything was done where offline 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 how many times are we busy noise 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 all around us that we are unable to sit still and get the blueprint for what God is asking us to build so that we do not build on wrong structures. How many times do we quickly run to start to articulate what it is we are building when it hasn't even shaped and formed and then before the person can receive it, you're like, person is like, I don't understand what you're saying. Your idea makes no sense. Meanwhile, the idea makes sense because you know you heard it from God. But because you have not taken the time to stay stay in his presence you don't articulate it well so therefore the heralds who are basically the people who are supposed to help you to build this vision they don't get it and so they walk away and then you are angry my uncle didn't help me my friend didn't help me your friend does not understand what you're trying to do So they are not a dream they are not dream killers you haven't stayed with God to hear the clear instructions of what you're supposed to do there's something I'm doing now I wanted to do it June last year and I got a clear word don't even try it stay quiet just stay quiet I'm not, I'm not, quiet is not as in don't tell people. Stay quiet in your spirit. Don't be in a hurry to run to do it. And let me refine it. When I refine it, then it will look like what I asked you to build. And if you're a creative person, you must know how hard it is to be, how hard it is to have an idea that you want to birth and you're told to shut it down, wait, and hear. And so, second posture of a builder is you must learn to be quiet you must learn to stay with God and say God how how what am I supposed to do show me how because we live in a time and season where we can't afford to get it wrong again we're in the last days we can't afford to get it wrong we don't have time again I know I don't have time. From the age point of view and from the seasons, we don't have time. So we can't afford to make a mistake. And so, when we now go to the story of Zechariah, I think it's Zechariah, um, is, it, is it six? Can you, Zechariah six? Yeah, Zechariah six. Okay. Can I have it on the screen? Zechariah six. No. Six. Go to verse six. No. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Four six. Sorry, my bad. Zechariah four six. Because in that season, God is now saying to you, Zechariah four six. 
So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So this temple I'm asking you to go and build will not be by your power, will not be by your mind, but by my spirit because I am doing a new work. Which is why it's important to stay with God because it's not going to be by the things that you know and you were used to. Those things will not work. We are now in a season where everything we will do must be by the power and the mind of God Even because our own strength will fail us. It will fail us. And so Zerubbabel stepped out in obedience. He stepped out in obedience. And he says in the next verse, he says, Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. So a great mountain is an obstacle. A great mountain is a hurdle. A great mountain is a challenge. A great mountain is something that has been set before you and they say you cannot do it because of this. Which is why it cannot be by your power or by your mind anymore your mind cannot on its own cannot conceive the greatness and the majesty of the new temple that God is building and so he says who are you O great mountain before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain means what level I will level it before you when you go to a place even if you don't have what it takes you don't have what it looks like you don't have the money you don't have anything I will level that mountain before you and so when you stand there and people say why this person then they will know that surely there was an intervention and that intervention came from the most high God and no man can stand against it no man if somebody opens a door for you the day you offend them they will shut that door they will shut that door one word in the ear of your benefactor and it's all over because they trust them more than they trust you anyways and so when people start saying someone did not help me it is God that will help you can we go back to him can we go back to him God will raise the instruction in the, in the heart of another person to help you and so King Cyrus who was a hidden king was then given an instruction to rebuild the temple how dare Zerubbabel on his own come to, to build what King Cyrus but because the decree had been left for years before King Cyrus gives Zerubbabel the permission to rebuild the temple. Gave him the resources required to rebuild the temple of a God that he did not serve. Are you guys hearing me? Of a God that he did not serve. God gave him everything that was required to build that temple. So, Zerubbabel, so King Cyrus was a herald to the vision of Zerubbabel. Who could have told him? Who could have told him that a hidden king would allow him the permission to do that? Who would have told him? Now, that's in the next scripture. It says, Who dares despise the days of small beginnings? Go back to that scripture. For who has despised the day of small beginnings? We quote it all the time. But do we know the context? Is that is a man who, who, who came from hearing the stories of King Solomon's temple and how his family and his generation were part of that and the, the majesty and all the things that used to happen there. He knew those stories firsthand because his father, his grandfather was Joachim. And 
the Lord is saying, you will not despise the days of small beginnings because you're starting all over again. Which is why you need to what? Forget the things of the past. So forget that old temple because I'm building something new. Forget the majesty of that old temple. Forget the majesty of that old job, that old business, that old career. That person that you dated and you thought that the sun set on his or her face. Forget it. Do not despise the days of small beginnings. And so, the third thing we must remember as we build is that God will raise benefactors to support you as you build. As long as you are building in accordance to his will, in accordance to his purpose, for something that is bigger than you, God will raise benefactors like he raised Cyrus for Zerubbabel. That was what gave Zerubbabel the audacity to come in to come and rebuild in that place. And that's, it's in Ezra 1, 2 to 4. Just in case somebody says that, I'm just linking the two stories unnecessarily. Ezra 1, 2 to 4, let's see it. Ezra 1, 2 to 4. Thus says Cyrus, king of Pesha, all the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God of heaven has given me. Imagine the brag. All the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God has given me. And then he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. So you think that God cannot hold that principality of power. That's that person, that earthly king that holds the keys to the city. That God cannot give him a decree. That he knows that if he does not obey that decree, he will die. Is he not God? Nobody can hold the city of God down. Nobody. Next verse. Next verse. He says, who, amongst all of, who is among you all his people? May his God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judea, and build the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is God, which is in Jerusalem. And whoever is left in any of the places where, where he dwells, let the men of this place help him with silver, with gold, with goods and livestock, besides the free will offering for the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. So he gave him power, he gave him the resources, and he gave him the authority to build. That's how you take the kingdom for God. That's how you do that. God raised up a benefactor from an unlikely source. And so Ezra goes, um, Zerubbabel goes and starts to build. And starts to build. But do you think that this man had fear in his heart or not? He must have been shaking in his boots. Fearful. A whole Solomon's temple that was destroyed. He wants to come and rebuild. Even though the king had given him permission, he had fear in his heart. And we'll see that in Ezra 3. We're not going, everything we're talking about is around that same scripture today. Ezra 3. And so the fourth posture of a builder is your recognition of the fear, your limitations, the things that you cannot do in your own strength. And, your, and then a concerted desire that you will stay with God 
because God sent you on that assignment. If you're building something and you have never been afraid, you are not building anything that is bigger than you. If you're building something in your own... See, there was a time I used to take pride in saying that, this, I can do it in my sleep with my hands tied behind my back. If you wake me up at 2 o'clock in the morning, I will do it. If you wake me up at 3 o'clock in the morning to talk about this, I'll talk about it for 5 hours without referring to any notes. I used to glory in foolishness like that. It's foolishness because it means what? I was operating in my own capacity, in my own natural abilities. I was not doing anything that was bigger than me. So the time has come when we start to do things that make bigger than us, too big for us to do, too big for our mind to imagine. So that God, you come to the place where you know that it is not you, it is not about you, and without the help of God, you cannot do it. Until we come to that place, we are building too small. So I had to come to that place. Do you know how many times I've called Pastor Moses and I'm like, hey God, who sent me? I'm not joking. One day, Pimo came to my office for something completely unrelated. It was, I think he just strolled by my office. From the, I, I, my hand was on my head like this. I was, <laughs> Winnie was there. If you just help me celebrate this Winifred. Hey, this girl. This girl. Hey God. <laughs> Winifred is so good eh, that I can have a speaking engagement or teaching somewhere. I won't see my slides to the night before. I'm not joking. And when I see it, as I look at it, I will say, my Winnie baby. <laughs> I love her. Eh? Kai, you guys don't understand. This, if she knows how much I love her, eh, she will just be emptying my pockets. <laughs> and she was there. I was like, I was for like one hour. The reason he came, we couldn't talk about At one point, I swore. I was so frustrated. I didn't know. I was like, what kind of wahala is this? Who sent me? I was like, hey God, who sent me? If you're building something that is no bigger than you, you're building something where you are doing it just your own grace, you're building too small. Please, you guys, arise and build something that is bigger than you. Arise and build something that is bigger than you. And so in Ezra 3, he says, despite the fear, scripture actually says, despite the fear, the fear was still there. But he wasn't going to let him stop him. Because what? He had an assignment. He says, though fear had come upon them because of the people of these countries, they set the altar on his basis. They offered burnt offerings on it to the Lord and both the morning and the evening burnt offerings. So they came to the place where they knew. My heart is troubled. My heart is afraid. I cannot do this thing in my own strength. I don't have the money that is required. I don't have the skills. I don't have the looks. I don't have the connections. I don't have what it takes. And so I will come to my knees before my father. And I will bring him an offering of praise. I will bring him an offering of sacrifice. I will exalt his name. I will call upon him morning, noon and night. Until he hears me. And the fear will leave my heart. That I will charge on. And do what he's called me to do. Because in my own strength. I am afraid. I cannot do it. I can't. How? How can I do it? Do you know what is up against you? Do you know where people sit down and make decisions about you and cancel you before you even walk into a place? Do you know? I walk in places where I have to choose vendors or choose people. Do you know the flimsy reasons why people are disqualified? If you know, your heart will beat. You will cry. 
at how many opportunities that have eroded you simply because a man has made himself God over your life and the only person that can obtain that is Jehovah the only person if you like call everybody you know in that organization they will do nothing to help you absolutely nothing because he says I'm a jealous God I will not share my glory with anybody so if you decide that you want to go and give his glory to a man who he hasn't sent as a benefactor then God will say do your thing when you make the mistake I'll be here with my hand open to catch you back but you, I know your body will not rest until you do that one that is inside your mind so do your thing because he gave us free will that's how God works with us Someone say, why did you stop me as I was doing it? He made you in his image and likeness. You have power and authority. It's what you want to do that he will allow you to do. Do you know that? Are you guys aware? So stop saying, eh, if I'm doing wrong, God will just pull me back. And then after you blame God and say, why didn't you stop me? Because he made you in his image and likeness. He gave you honor. He gave you power and authority. So if you go and do, that's fine. And so Zerubbabel overcame his fear and set his face and continued. So recognize that as you're building, the moments of fear will come. But what are the voices in your ear? Who is in your space? Who is in your ear? Who are you listening to? Are you listening to the word of the Lord that says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I've given you a spirit, not of, um, of intimidation, but of sound mind. You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. You can stand bold as a rock. Those who rest so with me will rest like on wings of eagle. We will run and not grow weary. We will walk and not grow faint. What is the voice in your ear in that moment of fear? The fifth posture of a builder is comparisons to the things that you've done in the past comparisons to the things that you've done in the past and so in Ezra 3.12 we're not leaving Ezra Ezra 3.12 many of the priests and the Levites and the heads of the father's house old men who had seen the first temple that Solomon's temple wept with a loud voice when the foundation of this new temple that Zerubbabel was building was laid before their eyes yet many shouted aloud for joy but where we are staying on say so that the people yeah go there go there so that the people could not descend the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people for the people shouted with a loud shout and the sound was heard afar off so go back to 12 they said when the priests and the Levites and the heads of the father's houses, old men, so they had history with Solomon's temple. Either they were there as children or their fathers told them about it or they saw pictures of it and they wept with a loud voice. It was not tears of joy because they said that those who were shouting for joy were also there. So there was a clear separation. And why were they weeping for joy? Why were they crying? Sorry. They were crying because they were comparing what Zerubbabel was building with the old temple of Solomon. And so there will be people that will say to you, is this all you can do? After the things you did before? Uh-uh. You big pass like this now. 
And they mean it from a good place. You, you big pass like this. Uh-uh. After everything, is this all you can come up with? Yes. Yes. This is what you can come up with because this one, you are building according to the blueprint of the Lord and the Lord does not judge things with the same metrics of man, with the same measures of man. And so you stand firm with your head raised and you say, yes, this is what I can come up with because I am building according to the blueprints of God. And so you don't let anybody make you feel inadequate or too small. You say, back in the days, I used to lead music in a church sound light uniform when we come on stage gang gang now these are small ecclesia hills five of our people five of them only five now just about small church just five people in the choir do you know how powerful you five of you are plus the instrumentalists you people know your worship is a sermon your worship cuts to the heart and takes us to the place of the Father's house because there is purity in it. Money cannot bite. You should try. Money can't bite. Do you know the impact that you have with your worship? Because it's not about the size of the stage or the colors or the light or the uniforms or any of those things that we do. Those things are just paraphernalia of worship. That is not worship. And so somebody can say to you, do you know that you can be the worship leader? Zach, with this your voice and this your swag and your style. You can be the worship leader of a mega church with 5,000 people. And when you just come on stage, you have the same Michael Jackson feeling. And it's the truth. It's the truth. And it's very tempting. It's very alluring. The world is sweet. Don't let anybody fool you. But when you say, this is what God has asked me to do in this season. This is where God has asked me to stay. This is how God has asked me to build, to raise pure and unadulterated worship that I can bring everybody, carry everybody on a journey to the presence of God. I will stay in this place. So old man, keep crying because you're looking at the old temple of Solomon. But I've set my gaze upon the blueprint of what the Lord is asking me to do in this season. Do you know, after this six figure in USD salary I was talking about, and I came into a, zero, a, a season of zero, then I now came into a season where the whole year, January to December, the money that I made was my one month salary in the past season. So I'm not telling you something that, oh, you have not experienced it, I'm just talking. I went from my whole the whole year January to December upon everything was my one month salary before so what do you want me to do in that case just pack my bags and be going to Newy Abi <laughs> but no I refuse because do you know what now I'm counting my gains and my success with the measure of the impact that I have Money cannot buy it. Money cannot buy it. Everywhere that I've been called to teach, to train, to speak, not one person told them about me. I will always ask, who told you about me? So that I can go back and say, thank you for mentioning my name. And they'll say, nobody did. We did our own search and your name came up. 
I'll say, are you serious? They'll say, yes. I'll say, please, just tell me. Let me not be, sound like be an ungrateful person that somebody recommended me. They'll tell me, do you know how many times? Do you know how many people will send messages and say, because of something you said, I started a business. I was earning 100K. Now my business is giving me 500K every month. Somebody will say to me, I had an issue with my partner. It's been resolved. Somebody will say to me, my marriage is about to fall apart. There's something you said to me that just changed the way I look at it. I looked at it and I've gone back to go and make amends. Where I thought I was right, I realized that I was very wrong because I was seeing things through rose-colored glasses. Do you know how many people will say to me that I did not have the liver before to do X, Y, Z. But when I look at you, I'm like, ah, I can do it. Can money buy that? No. So would I keep saying, I was looking and saying, ah, yes, I've had moments when I've said, this thing is hard though. This impact work is very hard. Sure, you know, if I put my CV out here in 24 hours, I'll get a job. Right? Because right now I'm self-employed. I'll get a job that will pay me clean money, easy. Fly business class everywhere I'm going in the world. Not even with my own money. Somebody else is paying for it. Stay in five-star hotels everywhere. Just live, enjoy life. Enjoy my life. Do you understand? Many times, because... The, the flesh, flesh, this flesh. That's why if God says, if you cannot kill your flesh, you can't do much. That's why the Israelites wanted to go back to Babylon and go back to Egypt. At least there we used to eat meat. <laughs> we want to go back to Babylon. So you cannot compare the physical output of what you're building in this season with what you got in the past. So whereas in the past, it may have been money. Now in this season, God is saying impact. Through you, I will raise many. Through you, I raise a generation of people who are hungry for me, who understand the things of God. Through you, I will heal marriages. Through you, I will help business people. Through you, many will be healed. Through, me, through you, you will live out the great commission. Because last, last, that's our assignment on earth. Every single one of us. And so, imagine how Zerubbabel would have felt when the elders would have come and said, huh, is this all? This is all you could do. Because that temple was nowhere near, nowhere near as majestic as the King Solomon's temple. Nowhere near. Yet, it was the Lord that said, go and build me a temple. Go and build me a temple. Go and build me something that is devoid of human hands. Go and build me something that outlives you. Go and build me something that has the fragrance of the Lord. Go and build me something that has impact. Go and build me something that outlives you and brings glory to my name. And so if man stands on the side and criticizes it, and looks at it as small and little, you will tell them, I built in accordance to the blueprint of the Lord. And so at the end of time, he will say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. And so as a builder, you must shut your ears to the comparisons of your mind and to the comparisons of people. You owe nobody an explanation for what the Lord is asking you to do in the next season. Nobody. Even yourself, you don't owe yourself an explanation. Let alone man. You owe nobody an explanation. Don't let people tell you, you don't big pass like this. What if that's where God wants you to be now? What if, haven't you heard of people that were high flyers and God told them, drop it all and go and do ministry? 
are not even ministering in Lagos inside AC. Go and do ministry in the, in the outbacks. Go and do ministry in your village. Have you not heard? When we say, Lord, call me, use me, send me. If he sends you, will you go? <laughs> See, eh, if they sing those songs, I don't agree with it. Because God, we just say, okay. I'm looking, I'm looking for a remnant church. I'm looking for those that will send on assignments. And she just said, Lord, use me. He will not take you to Medjugorje. <laughs> take you somewhere where you have no friends, no family, and you know they are there. I have this girl, this Canadian girl, proper white Canadian girl, not the ones that are just managing life. Proper white Canadian girl. And God sent her to Isikwato. Do you know where that is? Eh? It's all it's your village. <laughs> Basically, somewhere in it's not Lagos, somewhere in the east. A village in the east. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying something wrong with the village, but a Canadian girl. <laughs> I'm not there. <laughs> Set her all the way from Toronto to go and run an orphanage in Isikwato. You know her, right? Courtney. She fetches water with buckets. Ha! I just put me in trouble. <laughs> she fetches water with buckets because they didn't have running water. Washing the children's clothes with her hand. She knows how to, she has a Harley Davidson in, in Toronto. So she knows how to ride Okada. Difference, Harley Davidson and Okada. Do you understand? So she will jump on the Okada. She'll go to the market and be buying okra. I need to buy egusin. I need to buy okra. I need to, to cook for the children. So she knows how to cook all of those things. We, you know, we that we were her friends. We, we were like, is it by force? We, we were asking her, must you do this work? She said yes. That even when she says she don't want to do it again, and she goes back, go to drag her back to Nigeria again. If I tell you the troubles this girl has had in Nigeria, at one point they accused her of child trafficking. The, um, what's it called? DSS, the director of DSS. She met him through somebody. It's the person. They had her bundled out of Nigeria in the middle of the night. They held her at the airport, interrogated her for 24 hours. No food, no water. Because they had already, somebody had raised the red flag against her that she was a child trafficker. The villagers had asked her, the king of the village, that particular village, had asked her to share any money that comes into the foundation with him. And she said, ah, money that I'm using to take care of children. She said no. He said, okay, we'll teach you a lesson. You'll never forget. They went and flagged her name with them. What's this agency? Is it in the tab? Yeah? Lab, yeah, yes. They went and flagged her. said she was a child trafficker. That's how they bundled her out. We thought, okay, maybe this is God saying, say, lie, <laughs> All of us were like, Courtney's on our way back to Nigeria. We're like, which kind of one like this? <laughs> That's what happens. What if God calls you and that's the new work he's sending you to do? So it's not a work that is measured with wealth. What would you do? What would you do? What would you do? And then the final posture of a builder, the final posture of a builder, you have to be careful with who you're going to collaborate with in this season, in the next season. People are not who they present us. Hear me carefully. 
people are not who they present as, if they unveil themselves to you, you will run. The heart of man is desperately wicked. Values over money. Aligned vision over money. Somebody who's also building to the same blueprint that God has sent you to and not the flesh. How many times will somebody tell you, oh, this just happened, I've just come into this, immediately like, ah, please, oh, ah, please come, ah, please oh, try and remember me. Remember you for what? Did God send you to that person? Why do we always walk in our flesh? And I'm telling you things that I'm guilty of. So I'm not judging anybody. I'm speaking from a place of the journey that I've been on. Where the natural thing is to say, ah, but this thing that you, do you know how many times I get a call from people saying, ah, this thing that you're doing, oh, carry me along, oh, you know me too, I'm into it though. I say, okay, that's fine. But me, I don't know who carried me there. So how can I carry you along? Do you understand? They are walking in their flesh. What if that's not the platform that God gave them? What if God gave them a bigger platform than me? But no, they are coveting what they are seeing with their eyes. Do you know that there are people that have been in the outbacks for years and last year, they were catapulted to global relevance. And somebody says, ah, where did this one come from? The person has been on the floor they are faced before God for years. And so what you see is somebody that has come out from being with God. And so their face is shining like the glory of God. And then because we're always judging things in the flesh, they don't have a flashy car. They don't look nice. They don't live in a big house. We don't give them any respect. We don't give them any reverence, any accolade until the season of their announcing. And so in this season, Please know who you are following. A lot of people you are following, they need to be following you. A lot of the people that you are following, they need to be following you. As little as you think what you are doing is, they need to be following you. I remember somebody that I was hanging out with at one point. And Pastor Moses just said one thing to me. He just smiled. <laughs> he said, I see that you two of you are friends now. I said, oh, yeah, we, we kind of jive, you know. He said, we vibe. <laughs> and he told me something I'll never forget he said to me <laughs> he said you come back and tell me that because in that instance I was quote unquote following he said don't worry she's the one that needs to follow you he said and you will come back and tell me and true true one day I go I said pastor Mo. <laughs> and you know the funny thing the person said it with their own mouth it's me that needs to be following you and I'm thinking me Small me. And this is not false modesty. The person big past me. Wait, wait. I was like, ah. And then he reminded me. These things are not things you can see with your human eyes. It's no size. It's no height. It's not money in your account. Money is a spirit. It can come and it can go. I have seen billionaires not able to pay their children's school fees. They borrowed money from people. I have seen people that were billionaires and something happened to their marriage and they could not take themselves from one city to the other. They had to borrow money. I have seen a billionaire's wife. Her husband died and she was selling ice fish in front of their gate. When do we realize that it's not money? Money is just meant to be an a resource to be used. So when we judge people, say, ah, this one is a big girl. What when we say this girl is a big girl or a big boy, we are always talking about money. It's always money, let's not lie. Or the car that they drive. Do you know that maybe they bought that car when one time things were good? Maybe eight years ago. 
and they just now to maintain the car and that's all that's their whole money has inside that car you now follow the person and go and marry then you're the one paying the bills that you were not prepared for so not i'm not of the school of thought that oh a man must pay all the bills i'm of that school of thought i'm of the school of thought that i'm a wealth creator so even if my husband does not need my money my money can give us an extra level of comfort so i'm all about a woman contributing to the home but i'm talking about where you did not know you were not prepared you now enter the marriage and find out that you are the breadwinner not temporarily dead serious <laughs> so please for those of you that are still single the ones those of us that are married we have made mistake if we have it's only the lord that can help us because his grace is sufficient unto us but for those of you that have not married please open your eyes open your eyes see the share price when he was at 16 and do something about it before it gets to 3,000. Don't say the share price is at 16 like me. Or not even see it. Or you see it. You see that there's something here. But you do nothing about it. You do nothing with that prophetic word. See past your eyes. Your eyes will fail you. Very soon now all of you will be wearing glasses like me. No matter how you... Yes. Your eyes will fail you. But as you see vision. Vision will make you see a man that has nothing. He has no car. He doesn't have, maybe take shelter on a date. All he can buy is Coke and meat pie. But he looks at you and everything about you is just good to him. He smiles at everything you say, even when your joke is dry. <laughs> he paints a picture of what your life with him will be like. He tells you of his dreams and his desires and you see that he's genuinely doing something towards attaining that thing. You see his desire and his hunger for God. That even when he sins or makes mistakes, he still comes into a place of repentance. Not saying, that's how I am. You better get used to it. When we marry, this is how we're going to be doing. And then you, you believe the lie that the world has told you that all men are the same. All men are not the same. My husband is not like that too. Yeah, my husband is not like that. Don't let anybody fool you. All men are not the same. All men are not the same. And so we walk with our flesh constantly. We become very visualized in this generation. They used to say that it was men that were visual. Now women are more visual than men. I, I get the most compl com compliments from women. It's a good thing because it means that they are celebrating you. But they are so visual. They're like, ah, that red dress. Ah, that your hair. Ah, it's not a bad thing. But what I'm saying is that our senses are very, very, do you understand? We become very fleshly. We don't see. We don't see past our flesh. We are judging people by their hair, by their clothes, by their accent, by the car they drive, the home they live in, the people that they hang out with. I have been with some girls, they are very popular on social media. I could not believe what they were saying about each other. One of them said, this one has water spirit, she needs deliverance. I was confused. These girls are the top eight girls in, on social media. So me and I said, one of them I've known her for a very long time. So me and I said to her, why is this girl not supposed to be one of your besties? You guys are always together. She said, I better leave that thing, Joe. Do you understand? Meanwhile, that simple friend that's just there, she doesn't slay, she's not on holidays in the Bahamas, she's not uh, catching flights, as they say. 
they will not even give that one any airtime or any visibility. Because that's the and not just women, same as men. If a man that doesn't have anything is talking, let him, like, let him preach from here to tomorrow, they won't hear what he's saying. But when a man comes and is talking about so, I went with the Spirit of the Lord, you know. So the Lord just said to me, have the boldness and the courage because I've given you a spirit of boldness. And so I just walked into the meeting. I did the presentation. And then they said to me, the project was $5 million. And I said, no, no, I'm not going to take less than $7.6 million. And, da, 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 da. and the next thing, they just signed the contract. That's how we do. We, we just closed out the deal. We're taking over the city, man. You will see everybody lining up to follow him. Follow the person that maybe beats his wife at home. Right? Maybe he has gone to go and swear one oath in one shrine. Maybe he has gone to go and even indulge in homosexuality just to get in or an orgy. One time, somebody I worked with said to me, when people are chasing world, be very careful. He said, you don't know what I've had to do to attain this level. He told me of a story how when in back, um, what, what um, football tournament was that around 2000 and in the early 2000s in one of these South American cities? Was it Brazil? Or was it South Africa? Was there something in South Africa? Thank you. It wasn't South America. It wasn't South America. It was, it was South Africa. And said to me how the thing he was chasing, he said all the big boys in that sector, all the directors, the showmakers, they went there and they were just having orgies all over the place. They were having orgies. So me and I said to him, are you, you joined them? He said, they have to trust you. He said, they have to trust you. She said, something happened and those same people scattered that project all over. When man gives you something, they take it away. They take it. So when we are measuring by the things of old, by the grandeurs of Solomon's temple, and not measuring according to the blueprint of God, asks, what God asks us to do, we will always come into the place where it's never enough, it's insufficient. Never enough. And then the final posture of a builder is that you set your face like a flint before the instructions that you have been given because right there in that scripture when the people had come who wanted to say ah Zerubbabel come and give us some of this let's help you now let's help you and he said no he said no they vexed they vexed and went and started lying ah these people rebellious people if you are allowed them to build their temple this is what is going to happen and then the king put a stop to the building of that temple. Who remembers? He put a stop to the building of that temple. But then fast forward to King Darius coming in. They went and made a case for themselves. Because they knew that the, the blueprint God had given them. And they had it. They set it before them. So you're looking at it. The numbers are not adding up. You're looking at it. The thing God is not, it's not adding up. You're not going to abandon it at the first time of trouble. Because guess what? Trouble will come. As you come out of one, another one is coming. It is not a negative proclamation. It's just because we live in a broken and fallen world. So that's what it is. It's a consequence of a broken and fallen world. And so trouble will come at every stage of your building. The fact that trouble came does not mean that God is not in it. He never said you're not going to have trouble. What he said is that through the storm, I will be with you. Through the storm. He never said that because he said you will not have troubles. So somebody will say, oh, this is the, my sister said to me, she had been building this app for mental health. Deeply passionate about 
raising awareness of mental health in the black community because it's something that we all do shh they'll say that you're mad meanwhile it's a real problem do you know that post-traumatic stress disorder is a mental health issue so basically something happened to you in your childhood and now as an adult it's still affecting your decisions the way you engage with people the way you interact the fear and the insecurities that you have it is a mental health condition it doesn't mean that you are colo do you understand stress depression all of those things but all we all think about is that final one of tear my cloth i'll be walking on the street which by the way is just a failing of society because in the abroad almost everybody that i know is on prozac they're on antidepressants so if you manage carefully you're not going to get to the stage where you tear your clothes on the streets so the tearing clothes on you see this madman tearing clothes on the street you see is a is a is the outcome of a broken system which perhaps you are supposed to be fixing but you're busy setting your eyes on carnality and material possessions versus tackling this space and saying why can't people be given the care that they require so that they don't tear their clothes and walk on the streets and so they have built this app to like 85% and early this week the, the developer dies dies young man in his 30s just dies unannounced not like death announces itself no well sometimes this person has been sick for a long time you sort of know in your heart that is inevitable a young man in his 30s now just dies and so my sister said to me is this is, does this mean that god is saying that i'm not meant to be building this app and i told her stop it if anything you should know that this is why you're supposed to build this app i said what you should be doing now is asking how you're going to extract the codes from the laptop or what you're going to do to remedy this go back to god and ask him i said how you know that is god is is it good would it benefit many is it for my own glory and if the answer is yes it is good it will benefit many then you know that is god how will god tell you to build a solution that can allow people anonymously get the help that they need and something happens and you say that ah, maybe this because that's what happens fear fear when we don't see the results because we are judging according to our human mind and so as you're building you must be aware that failure delays challenges obstacles will come does not mean that that's not what god asked you to do but again what do you do you go back to your knees and say my god everything that i did look at what has happened what do i do lord what do i do where do i start from where do i start from show me how you ask him and then he tells you every day what to do he will give you new strength you rise up again your confidence will come back again your hope will come back again your energy will come back again day by day step by step and so they went back and they brought a case and said yes we know that israel was a quote-unquote troublesome city because we had the backing of god anyway so we just walk around and slap people that annoyed us however 
they brought a new word about Israel and said the king said okay go back and continue building and that took 17 years 17 years some of us are looking for it in 17 days 17 days 40 years from when Moses left the palace to when he went back as the deliverer of the people 40 years Noah God told him I would destroy this city build an ark nobody knew what an ark was nobody had seen a boat before nobody even had seen rain before they would have laughed and said who is this fool what is he doing how many years did it take Noah to build that ark David ordained as the king of Israel yet trouble followed him every day of his life if so even Saul was not trying to kill him depression will come upon him something how many years did it take for David to ascend the throne that he was ordained many years before and we're looking for it in 17 days and that's what now causes us to start looking for shortcuts 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 and those shortcuts will lead us to the pit of hell and destruction and so a builder you must have patience patience is actually a virtue there's a reason why it's there as one of the fruits of the spirit we wear patience like a cloak but yet we set our face like a flint before what the Lord has asked us to do we are moving we are moved we are unshaken we stand unafraid continuing to declare the things Lord you said I will Lord you told me to Lord I am supposed to this is your promise I set it before my face like a flint I will not waver I will be unmoved I will not shake even if the things around me do not align I will stand and I will stand until I see the manifestation of your promise because what you have said you will do and so I stand upon your word whether it takes 17 days 17 years or a lifetime and so we wear patience as a cloak as builders and set our flint our face like a flint before the Lord in this season that we are coming into and so I want to ask you what are you building what are you building are you building right are you building to the blueprint of God but in this season let me tell you if what you're building is not about God if at the center of it is not about God you need to ask yourself again maybe you need to tear up that business plan maybe you need to tear up that business plan and this applies to everything so don't look at it literal like building means I'm a ministry that means I'm building right no you can be being ministry and be building wrong you can be a teacher and you are building for God are you aware that in your school your curriculum is God centric you're not teaching them about new age religion you're not teaching them about alternative sexuality you are teaching them how to say the word of the Lord and prayers everything has a Christian framework and background I'm a business coach you can never be my session and not hear one scripture so I, will, I don't preach at all 
but everything has a frame a, a scripture that is the backbone of it because what i want to do is raise a new generation of business people whose hearts are set right before god so that when the wealth passes into their hands they know that it's not their own to buy that g-wagon that those things will come as a subsequent as a as an outflow of what they've attained it's not the primary thing the primary thing is to build kingdom when i raise hr people i am teaching them to become leaders that are leading like christ seven leaders that put the people ahead of themselves not where they are gods unto men and so it influences the policies that they write they write policies that are human centric not organization centric the right policies that promote fairness equity and justice without me preaching a sermon because i'll take them and show them the principles of leadership which is in the bible the most successful motivational speakers and coaches who do not give god the honor listen to them with your ear open everything that they are saying is in scripture everything if you listen to them with your spiritual mind and not your word everything change your story change your life is the story of jabez lord enlarge my territory they take it they put human words they put all the things that we like and they say it and we eat out of their hands we eat out of their hands and give them all the accolades so in this season God is calling us to be discerning. God is telling us to, to shut down our eyes and open the vi our vision. God is calling us to a new level of prophecy. God is calling us to the prophetic. God is calling us to sharpen, to lengthen our cords. He's calling us to weed out. Let it be a circumcision of the flesh. He's calling us to a hearts that are beating for him every single moment in every single thing that we do. God is calling us back to the place of power. God is calling us to the place of revelation. God is calling us to the place of relevance, but not the way that the world has described it. But our relevance will come from the impact that we have in the lives of people, bringing them back to the place of the Father through the works of our hands. And so every day as you do your business, as you do your job, you are asking, is this a temple of the Lord? Is this a temple of the Lord? You're asking, does this temple glorify your holy name? Or is it the former one that I did because it appeared to have the things that the world looks at? But remember scripture says in Habakkuk that the glory of the later will be better than the glory of the former because I am doing a new thing. So look ahead. And that second temple represented Jesus, the coming of Jesus, because he came through that lineage. That temple represented the, re the restoration of power of Christ, his salvation mandate, coming to bring the people back to him. Are we building a temple that glorifies God in our business, in our family, in our work? Are we building a temple that the presence of God can truly come in and take residence? Are we building a temple that man looks at with their human eyes but it has no power, no relevance in the things of God? 
Are we building a temple that would outlive us for many generations to come? Are we building a temple where the presence of the Lord can come and stay and stay that in the presence of the Lord there is healing, there is restoration, there is authority, there is power. Are we building a temple that glorifies the name of God? Are we building a temple that loses the chains that hold us back? Are we setting captives free? If you're a lawyer, are you setting captives free? Are you speaking against injustice? Or are you trying to make money off oil and gas deals? If you're a teacher, what are you teaching? If you're a dressmaker, are you making dresses that show nakedness and sexuality? Or are you covering up the glory of God because our body was made in His image and His likeness and is a temple of the Holy Spirit? As an entrepreneur, are you cheating your workers? Are you getting them to the place where they have to steal to make ends meet because you have failed in your own responsibilities? What are you building? Are you building a temple that the Lord can truly be proud of? Lord, I ask that you topple every temple that has not been assigned or commissioned by you, O God. I ask that every temple that has not been commissioned by you, O God, that you start a new work, O God. Lord, that you release the blueprints for building for the kingdom's sake, O God. That you release the resources required to build in this season, O God. That you release the benefactors required to help us in this journey, O God. That you build the people that you have sent as partners for us in this season, O God. That you build the courage, the courage to build according to the blueprint of the Lord. That you banish every fear, every fear, every fear is banished. It bows to the name of Jesus that we may arise like the builders that we are. To the glory of your name. 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 To the glory of your name, oh God. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.